and Ryan Aquino. First official podcast after a Daniel Jones victory, people. I know you're listening. I know you're interested to hear what we have to say about the greatest quarterback of all time. The Hall of Famer that is Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. Danny Legs. Danny Two Steps. Danny Football. Danny Football. This guy can fucking play. And it's not an overreaction. I know that people have been awesome in their rookie years and then have gone on to suck Carson Wentz and Robert Griffin III, and etc. But this guy can play fucking football. Every analyst in football has been touting up the Buccaneers' defense, saying how Todd Bowles has come in, done a great job with their defense, which I believe he has. Number one red zone defense, I believe. And he carved them the fuck up. With no weapons. Saquon left Saquon the game. Saquon left the game. Obviously no Odell. So he's so his number one receiver is Evan Ingram slash Sterling Shepard. And he tore it up. He absolutely annihilated them. Dude, Daniel Jones is the real deal. I said it back back then. Angelo shat on me when I said it. I'm going to stand by it. It's not just Angelo. No. It's a lot, a lot of people. No, he got... the. It wasn't necessarily that people thought he was going to be bad. It was just where the Giants picked him. Well, in all honesty, I'm guilty for that too because I think they shouldn't have taken him six overall. But if it's if it was their guy, obviously they thought it would in be hindsight, the guy. if he's going to be a Hall of Famer, then go take him. You know, there. It's just that you definitely would have gotten him with Josh Allen, the pass rusher, as well out of Kentucky, and I think that's a much better combination than Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence. But from seeing what I've seen from Daniel Jones, I have no complaints. This is. He's awesome. If you are a Giants fan out there, you woke up happy. There is hope for the civilized world. There is hope for our future. Guys, this guy is the real deal. He's poised. He's confident. He's got legs. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's accurate. Let me say it again. Most important thing. He is poised. This guy is the real fucking deal. I don't care about his stats. I don't care about anything else. He is confident. He has taken all this criticism. He has let it fly right on over his head. He doesn't give one damn about anything. He's out there to play football. He's out there to win games. And I am a, I'm a proud New York Giants fan today, I'll tell you that. You went to bed happy. You woke up happy. Everyone was watching the grave that the Giants were buried in. And then out popped the hand. And that was the right hand of Daniel Jones as he led the New York Giants to victory. It's a special right Over hand. the Buccaneers. And also, uh, you know, not for nothing, thank you, Matt Gay, for missing the field goal that made us talk so highly about the Giants game because they would have lost if it wasn't for that missed field goal kick. But Daniel Jones, the real deal. I can't say enough about the guy. The Giants still... Look, if the Giants had a lick of a defense and if Pat Shermer had any cojones to maybe do something about that defensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Maybe the Giants can compete this year, honestly. But their defense fucking sucks. It's a they got to find some sort of pass rush. Janoris Jenkins looks like he's never played football in his life before. I, we told you we told you on the podcast last week, look out for a big Mike Evans day. You if knew it was coming. You knew it was he coming. He popped off. He had eight receptions for 190 yards and three touchdowns. Were all three touchdowns in the first half? All three touchdowns were in the first half. The only really thing he did in the second half was that big play in the fourth quarter down the field. The Giants, I'll, I'll tell you this, the Giants only gave up three points in the second half, so they did make some adjustments. But that big play down the field in the fourth quarter just cannot happen in that kind of a moment. It's the it's the 2015 Giants when they missed the playoffs, right before their year where they made it to the playoffs and lost to the Packers. This is the same deal. They were in every single game, and they lost on about five or six two-minute drives down the field to win the game on field goal kicks. And that's what we were about to see again. Their defense needs to play better in crunch time. This is like you're looking at how their offense played the other day. This is a playoff offense. It's not it's not an overreaction. I know it's just one game, but they were on the road against a very good defense and they tore them to pieces. If you actually bring your players defensively to play and you have some sort of scheme that makes sense and matches up, they're going to win games. It's all coaching. It's all what did Janoris Jenkins just forget how to play cor- like it's all coaching. It's 100% all coaching. They need to figure it the heck out. And maybe they could salvage this season. Here's what I got to say about Pat Shermer. And really the front office in general. I have a little more respect for Pat Shermer 
because he did what he did was not call plays inducive conducive is that the right word yes conducive, conducive to Eli Manning to let him succeed early on he was throwing balls short of the sticks on third down quick slants not letting him throw the ball down the field rolling him out on fourth and one whatever it was in the first game against the Cowboys you saw them completely open up the offense with Daniel Jones in there and really he he uh, took it to the next level with him but two rushing touchdowns two, two rushing, passing yeah, touchdowns 336 yards here's throwing. my problem if if they knew that Daniel Jones was the guy if Gettleman and Shermer knew that Daniel Jones is the guy for that offense and for them to coach to succeed, they should have started in game one. They should have started in game one. I really do think that's not a, I I mean, I don't think that Pat Shermer coached well with Eli Manning the last two games, but I do think that Eli Manning starting the first two games was none other than John Mara. But in, in hindsight, I'll give this to Pat Shermer. Him, him not opening up the offense for Eli Manning in the first two games did ultimately lead to Daniel Jones playing. If, if Eli Manning came out in the first four games of the season, went 2-2, two and two, he's still the quarterback. I agree. So, I don't know. His plan kind of worked. It was a little evil. It did, it did work, but now you have the quarterback that you wanted all along, and you better start learning how to coach defensively because that's going to be the difference this year. The rest 100%. of the year, we're 1-2, and two, and we're going into week four playing one of the worst teams in football in the Washington Redskins. So we have a chance to even this thing out going into week five. The season is not over by any stretch of the imagination. This year is going to come down to defense. Defense. 100% defense. So you better come out to play and you better come out ready for every offense that we're going to play. What do you think about the Bucks in general? Just Jameis Winston. How did, he looked a little better yesterday. Jameis looked good. He, looked he okay. did. He they got to feed Mike Evans. I don't understand why they don't feed Mike Evans. What I don't understand really... You can't really, go wrong feeding that guy. You can't go broke feeding that guy. And I agree with you, but one thing I don't understand is why each of the three games they've played so far, why they've had to make such a decision between using Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I can't imagine that they'd have an unsuccessful day if they used both of them. Both of them, yeah. So week one, Chris Godwin, very good game, scored a touchdown. Week two, Chris Godwin went off with two touchdowns. This week, he didn't do much of anything, and Mike Evans had three touchdowns. Get both guys working. Get right? both guys involved, and that's going to be a very difficult offense to, to stop. The defense is solid. They are. Um, so now we to the games that actually you know we didn't have as much emotional investment in, but we still have to go over them anyways. We had Bengals at Bills. Did you watch this game? I was fully invested in this one because I. I'm a big Bills guy, as long as they don't play the Giants, which they did in Week 2. But as long as they don't play the Giants, I'm rooting for them in every single game. Um, the Bills looked awesome defensively, and now they're 3-0. Josh Allen played very well down the stretch. He led a game-winning drive with a touchdown to the dinosaur that is Frank Gore. And they pull out a victory 17-14. It was awesome. It is a public safety hazard, as Barstool Sports said, that the <laughs> Buffalo Bills are 3-0. There are going to be a lot of tables broken, a lot of concussions in the parking lot. Holy shit, watch out. The Buffalo Bills are 3-0. Hey, man, that defense is solid. I meant meant 21-17, by the way, not 17-14. That was the final score, but Josh Allen looked great. Josh Allen did look good. He's a a good quarterback. He's a serviceable, serviceable quarterback. I don't know if he's anything special, but he can win you a playoff game. This is my concern with the Bills going down the road. My concern is... There haven't been many successful offenses to go deep into the playoffs with, with RPOs. Run-pass options just do not work in the long run. And I'm concerned that, one, Josh Allen may not be healthy all year if you keep running him as much as, as often as you are. And two, if you just look at how much of a cannon he has, just make him a little bit more of a passing quarterback, pocket passer, and you may find yourself with a lot more points on the, on the scoreboard. Yeah, Frank or with... 14 attempts, 76 yards, one touchdown. Man, that is that the game-winning touchdown. It was awesome. Is that guy ever going to stop? And then their defense had a great stop when the Bengals looked like they were charging down the field to maybe score a touchdown and win it all, and they stopped them. It was a great game. Um, next game is we have the Dolphins at Cowboys. This was just... Yeah, it was a little close, though. It was very close. In the, they were, they, the Cowboys took an early 10-0 lead, and then the Dolphins came back, kicked two field goals. So they went into halftime up only 10-6 when the spread was like minus 23 Cowboys. And then the Cowboys annihilated. Josh Rosen looked half. pretty good. 
He did. Um, he was 18 for 39, 200 yards, no touchdown passes, no interceptions. The team sucks. The poor bastard is in just a shitty I think situation. This could be a guy that retires at like 26 years old. Think, think about it. I mean, his concern coming into the NFL was he had too many concussions. He had another concussion yesterday. He came back in because there was like supposedly undiagnosed and stuff, but there's no way after that hit that he was fine. And he came back in the game and he's played for two years in a row. He's played for two different teams that were both the worst team in football. Yeah, it's just a rough start to his career. <laughs> a very rough start. I hope he finds a home that actually is putting him in a good situation to win. But so far, the way it's looking, this guy's going to have a short career. Ezekiel it popped off 19 for 125, no touchdowns. Tony Pollard also looked good with he 13 did. for 103. Zeke fantasy owners were pissed because Pollard Pollard's, was used very effectively. Pollard's going to be used, I think, more coming up. The Cowboys are a well-rounded team. Let's just put it that They way. are. Speaking of well-rounded me teams, me uh, the Packers are looking damn fine. Hey, man, I think they're the class of the NFC. I think you could pencil them in for the NFC Championship. I'm um, with you. I th- my prediction, I know that I said they were going to go 7-9. and nine. I know that I said they were going to go 7-9 and nine to start the season. Um, I wasn't convinced that their defense is there, and now their defense is looking like it's a top defense in the NFL. So I have the Packers playing the Rams in the NFC Championship. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope the Saints come in. And, and take their spot, but uh, it's looking like it's going to be Packers the way they're playing right now. They just beat the Broncos by 11, although Philip Lindsay had a very good day with two touchdowns. The Packers were just over. Why they were people, overmatching. Why do people think Royce Freeman was going to take over that role? I don't know. Philip Lindsay showed no sign of letting that role go. He's Because Royce stuck. Freeman hasn't been awful. and in Philip that, Lindsay's just runs with fucking fire. I agree. I like Lindsay a lot more. Yeah. It's just that I feel like a coach like Vic Vangio likes using multiple running backs, and he has the ability to do so with Freeman because he's shown that he can play. But, so. but Aaron Rodgers looks great as always. He's, yeah, one one A one B with him and Patty Mahomes. I think it's in all honesty, I disagree with you. I think this is the first time I've ever seen the Packers kind of take care of Aaron Rodgers by having his defense kind of bail him out. It's not that he bailed him out. It's not like he didn't even have any interceptions yesterday. He didn't have any fumbles or anything like that. But he only had 235 yards passing and a touchdown. And we're used to seeing lines of Aaron Rodgers of having 300-plus yards and 3-plus touchdowns. But that's, that's, good. that's a good outlook for the rest of the season because if you're not relying solely on Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know he'll be there if you need him to be there like by himself. He's going to make those crazy-ass... Plays, plays, yeah. So I don't know. I think the Packers are going to wind up in the NFC Championship. Pencil that in. Um, speaking of pe- penciling in and penciling out things, pencil out the Atlanta Falcons. They're done. They can't win on the road. They fucking stink. This team stinks. I've never like Keanu Neal out for the year. I just don't understand how they're so terrible with such a stacked roster. It's they bad. have nothing but pro bowlers in their whole roster, okay. and they can't do anything on the road. I gotta stick with them. They're my pick to win this to win the Super Bowl. Oh no, to, to get to the Super Bowl. I think it was to win the Super Bowl as well. But they're not. Man, gonna, they look horrible. Mark my words, they're not going to make the playoffs. Matt Ryan, like he just make, he's making some stupid decisions in bad situations. I don't know. They just can't win on the road. What is like? What's the Colt? The Colts. Look I think good Dan too. Quinn's a problem. I think the only reason he got to the Super Bowl was because he had Kyle Shanahan as their offensive coordinator, who's an offensive genius. And now without him, they have been nothing. Pete Carroll's kind of a go too. Well, Pete Carroll's great, but I mean, that's another game we can get into. The Seahawks. Man, I was came ready back to say, down to earth. I was ready to say the Seahawks if they won this game. I was going to say what I just said about the Packers. You pencil them in for the NFC Championship. I thought the Seahawks were off to a really good start. But, man, what the heck happened yesterday against Teddy Bridgewater? Well, he was given he was given a couple touchdowns uh, by the defense and the special teams. Um, yes, he was. But he played serviceably. Like Yesterday is exactly what the New Orleans Saints need fed, out of Teddy Bridgewater. They, yeah, but they fed Alvin Kamara. I don't know why they weren't. Like 37 fantasy points. He was awesome. They were feeding him. I don't know why they didn't do that against the Rams. He was hardly on the field against the Rams. 16 for, what do you have, 16 for 69. What was his receiving yards? 10 for 9. One touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown, too, I believe. Yeah, two touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater was okay. He was serviceable. Two touchdown passes. And that's all they need him that's to be. That's all they need out of him. They just need Go 500 it. until Drew Brees gets back. 
and they're beating that right now, so it's looking good for when Drew Brees returns. Um, the next game we have is the Ravens and the Chiefs. This was a good game. Man. This was a good football game. I could watch that type of game every single day. You might be seeing that as a rivalry, kind of like the Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Colts, Pats in the years to come. With Lamar Chiefs Jackson Ravens, Mahomes. With Lamar Jackson Mahomes, that might be a rivalry to keep your eyes on for the very prolonged future. The Ravens impressed me. I'll tell you what, though. I don't know. I'm telling you, I think defensive coordinators are going to find a way to to limit Lamar Jackson. Well, that's if he can... That's if he shows that he's not as good of a passer as he's, you know, as he's done in the first couple of games this year. Because he's looked good so far. He was fine yesterday. The thing about Lamar Jackson, though, is he's just so fun to watch when there are multiple pass rushers coming in and closing in on a sack. His because moves are he looks like Michael Vick. It's he's, crazy. I've, I've, I haven't seen anyone play like him and avoid pressure like him since, since Michael Vick. And, and in the air, he was fine. He had 267 passing yards, even though he had no touchdowns. He didn't really need it because I mean, they, they fed Mark Ingram the entire game for three touchdowns, and then Lamar Jackson also had a rushing He touchdown. wasn't super efficient in the passing game. 22 for 43. Wasn't super efficient. That running game looked way better, though. Mark Ingram was 16 for 103. I don't know. If they could run the ball, it takes pressure off of him throwing the ball. And he's obviously gotten better skill-wise throwing the ball, so... It, I don't know. It's going to be tough to stop that stop that offense. It's also going to be tough to stop Patrick Mahomes. Oh my god. I don't know how, they, how anyone's going to do it. And if there's we all know that barring any serious injuries, there's a toss up for who's going to be in the NFC, NFC championship. There is no toss up for who's going to be in the AFC championship. Yeah, it will be Patriots Chiefs. The, the Chiefs have yet to prove that they could win. I don't know why, but they suck in cold weather. They suck in cold weather. Down the stretch, they always they always start off hot. Those Andy Reid teams, I don't know what it is. Down the stretch, cold weather. That's why it is incredibly important for the Chiefs to beat the Patriots when they play them in Week 14 this year. They're playing them in Foxborough, and that game is pretty much... I think it's going to be the deciding factor with home field advantage and who makes it to the Super Bowl. Because I really do believe that whoever is the home team in the playoffs, in the AFC Championship, will win. The Chiefs are playing at Arrowhead against the Patriots. I think they have the upper hand in the playoffs. I think they'll go to the Super Bowl. And if the Patriots are playing in Foxborough in the AFC Championship, I think they beat the Chiefs like they've done twice already. I would have to agree, yeah. He's just fun to watch, people. We got Raiders at Vikings. The Raiders are fucking done. Oh, oh my, my god. Gosh. They're done. Poor John Gruden, though. I, really, I, I feel bad for the dude because he's actually doing a pretty good job. And I just feel like he was dealt this shit sandwich because he just wants nothing. nothing to do with Derek Carr. They have nothing. On the bright side for the Raiders, though, I think they found their tight end. <laughs> Darren Waller. 13 Peace. receptions for 134 yards, and he also happened to rush the ball for 7 yards as well. I don't, he I don't is, think Derek Carr's that They don't have many weapons. That offensive line is dog shit. It is. And, dog shit. And also, they're, they're, they have nothing for Josh Jacobs either. He had 10 rushes for 44 yards, and they couldn't even run the ball too much because they were down the whole game. Yeah. The Vikings just, they're, they're living a foolproof system of just not throwing the football. They threw 21 times. Kirk Cousins actually had a good game, 15 for 21, 174 yards, and a passing touchdown. And then just Dalvin Cook's a monster. Backup He's an Madison absolute stud, monster. Stud and Madison's well. playing very well, too. I, I see this as a situation like... Monster. Like when McKinnon left and got a big contract elsewhere, I think Madison can go somewhere else and get a big contract. It's all about Kirk Cousins. Can he show up in a big game? That or that team? That team? It's gonna be a tough. They're gonna be a tough out in the playoffs as well. If Kirk Cousins is throwing the football well, Efficient. they're That's very, all, he doesn't very need to be, tough. He doesn't need to, to be a superstar. He just needs to not make the bonehead play like he did last week. And their defense can play. We saw them give up 21 points to the Packers in the first half, and then completely shut them out in the second half in Lambeau. They're a good defense. They can play with anyone out there. It's just Kirk's the, the X factor. Agreed. Then we got Patriots at Jets. This was a blowout. This oh was 20 nothing at the half, and Belichick's like, all right, we got this in the bag. We got, we got a question from a fellow Jets. Oh, not a fellow Jets fan. From a, from a Jets fan, Mike from Westchester says, he goes, first he has a comment. He goes, goes to show the importance of building a team with the defensive and offensive lines. Not sexy picks but they are the most important. 
What do you have to say there? I couldn't agree more with that statement. It's not sexy to draft an offensive line, an offensive lineman, when you're looking for a, a stud wide receiver, running back. They go out and they sign Le'Veon Bell. They spend way too much money on Le'Veon Bell. And look what happened. Look what happened to that offensive line. They're paying their right guard, their left guard, way too way too little of money. They don't have a serviceable line. Their line is worse than the Giants. Who would have ever thought that coming into the season? Nobody. They're, Absolutely nobody. They're done. They're 0-3. They have a very tough schedule for the next four weeks, and there's a chance that they could go 0-7 to start off. Everyone's saying that it's just the first six games, but week seven they have the Jaguars in Jacksonville facing our favorite quarterback of all time, Gardner Minshew. And I just don't see them. I I think they could very well go. Did you see him rocking the the jorts and the Washington State baseball jersey? I love that man. I'm a big Gardner Minshew guy. He also has a question. Mike has a question. It says, "Is it fair to place blame on a new head coach with his current injuries that he's facing? Is the vanilla play calling a product of injuries, or is it his true play calling style?" Adam Gase is the king of coaching nine yard routes. He. That's why do you think Jarvis Landry was so fantasy football pro, like productive when, he was, in when he was in Miami? That's all he does. He calls nine yard ins and nine yard hooks on third and eighteen. He's not a down the field coordinator. He's not a down the field play caller. And I don't know why they signed him. I really don't. He was around successful Chicago Bears teams when Jay Cutler was there, and then he brought Jay Cutler back in Miami, and he had no success there when he was. Ahead of the show, minimal success with the Dolphins. One, what, one playoff appearance. I just don't really. I never really saw the hype of Adam Gase, and I wouldn't. I would want him to be a one and done show for the Jets if I if I'm a Jets fan because it's just. I mean, like I know that Sam Darnold's hurt. I mean, out with mono, and I know that C.J. Mosley's out, and Quinn Williams has been in and out, but. Now, the, the number one thing you look at is your coaching, you just and it's want, been awful. They've with, been annihilated with all these injuries. You just want them to compete. They're not even... It's not even, even have a contest. chance. They don't even have a chance. No chance it's in any of the games they've played so far. Um, if I was a Jets fan, I'd be very pissed. I'd want I'd want Gase out of there. Me too. I would absolutely want him to be one and done. There's no. nothing that he has shown me that he can even be a competent coach in, this, in this league whatsoever. Nothing. And on the flip side of the thing, the Patriots show that they didn't need Antonio Brown whatsoever. And they released him prior They're to gone. the game. He's gone. I think. He's, I think. I don't think he's playing another down in the NFL. If the Patriots can't put up with him, who else is going to put up with him? The the, pa- it's funny that how like you say that, and the one team I would think that would most likely take a shot on a guy like him is the Oakland Raiders, and they've already dropped. Yeah, him. that's exactly what I was. That's thinking the about one that. team that I could see being like, "Fuck it, let's go for it. Let's bring this stud in here and see if we can handle him." And they already couldn't handle him. It's, he's done. He's absolutely done. He's reapplied for classes at Central Michigan, and he's a. Full-time enrolled student. That's the best thing I've heard come out of this guy's camp in uh, a long time. He's got issues. He's tweeting at, he's tweeting at Robert Kraft. He's tweeting at Ben Rob. This in, guy. In all he honesty, he needs to get help. He needs to get help. In all honesty, I did agree with what he said about Ben Roethlisberger. What did he say? Ben Roethlisberger was basically not touched for having rape allegations on him, and there's an actual suit that came. To fruition with him in a rape suit and nothing happened. And all Antonio Brown has been is is accused accused of it. And he's dumped. So, like, you're all making it seem like Big Ben never did anything. That's not not why the Patriots let him go. The Patriots let him go because he was texting. He's a fucking moron. There's no doubt about that. He's an asshole. I think he actually needs help. I really do. I think he needs to see someone. I think... I've said this a million times before. I'll say it a million more times. I think he got absolutely destroyed by Vontez Perfect in that hit in the playoffs against the Bengals a couple years ago and I think it fucked his head. That, he got fucked up. That, that was more than a you got your bell rung. That might have caused issues. I agree. Actual issues. Um, next game we have is Lions at Eagles. Maddie this, Patricia. This was nice to see as nice a Giants fan. Um, turn off the podcast for the next two minutes if you're an Eagles fan because you're not going to like it. Your team stinks. You never should have gotten rid of Nick Foles. Nick Foles was your guy. It's nothing against Carson Wentz. I like the dude a lot, but there was some weird reason that your team played better with Nick Foles, and now he's gone. You're stuck with Carson Wentz. 
even though he hasn't gotten hurt this year, that's an issue. It's also an issue how he doesn't play that, that, that well on the road. And I think Doug Peterson is not great either. He had one year where the Eagles had the best conversion rate of third and long in the NFL. He rolled the dice. He's a go-for-it-on-fourth-down type coach, and I don't think it's going to work out outside of that one year. They don't have that Nick Foles magic. They don't. I Nick think Foles has that intangible. I don't know if Carson Wentz has that. I don't think they're done. I think they'll they still they make the playoffs. Injured. They are very injured. They are. They've had offensive line troubles this year to start off the year. but And they're definitely not done, but they stink on the road so far, and they need to turn it around right now if they want to make the playoffs. And a team that's actually looking like they're going to be in the playoffs is the Detroit Lions. Dude, the, the Lions look good. Perrion Johnson is good. very good. Stafford's been serviceable. Stafford's he, hasn't been, been trying, he hasn't been trying to do too much. I think in the past... Oh, I don't blame him because they've had shit teams. I think in the past, he's realized that they have nothing else and he's tried to do way too much. I think he realizes now he's a pretty solid team and he doesn't have to do, do way too much and he can just play the game and... Uh, Hope that team win. It was a weird game for the Lions because they had a blocked field goal that almost ruined the game for them, and they had a kick return for a touchdown, and they played a conservative game with Stafford where he only threw for 200 yards. And then Carryon Johnson, even though he if he's an eye test guy, I think he's very good. He had a poor day on the ground going for less than three yards a carry. But this was one of those games where they, it's it's what we say about good teams. Good teams find ways to win, and that's what they did. Games, yeah. They had nothing in their stat line that should show you that they dominated this oh. football game, and they won. And that's a big thing, especially especially against the team like the Eagles. I would love to see a guy like Stafford make the playoffs and maybe go on a little run. I don't know. I'm a big Matt Stafford guy. He he gets criticized a lot. He's he used to be a China doll, but a glass doll. But now he's been he's been healthy for a while. Let's see if he can win some games. He's got a he's got a good coach now. He's got a serviceable defense. Let's see what he can do. He's definitely got weapons. I agree, and I think it's been. I think he's one of the most unfair, you know, criticisms of he hasn't made the playoffs too much because look this at the team around so him. When they drafted him first overall in two thousand nine, they were awful before him. They, they were terrible. They had an zero and sixteen season right before him coming in, and they've had awful coaches his whole career. Now, like, they've made the playoffs before and they haven't done anything there, but he's the perfect example of a guy who's actually a good quarterback and he hasn't done anything in the playoffs because he's had nothing around him. I feel like I'm arguing for Eli's sake with him. Like, he's had nothing around him and now they're actually giving him stuff and he's, and he's technically undefeated. He's 2-0-1 right now. And Matt Patricia's look, looking like he's getting that second-year boost. He's coaching well. He's coaching well. Um, on to the Panthers-Cardinals. Kyle Allen is just better than Cam Newton. This is, you can say this is an overreaction just like Daniel Jones, but this guy, all it takes is one drive to show that he's better than Cam Newton right now. I don't know what's wrong with Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton, he's, it's possible he never plays again. Uh, Cam Newton, okay. Kyle Allen's Allen, the real deal. Forget about Kyle Allen for a second. Cam Newton is injured. He's not just hurt. Well, that's why he was out this He's week. injured. He's actually injured. His ankle is toast. So, in the meantime, you have Kyle Allen, who is a legitimate quarterback. He's going to be a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. He, he is accurate. He can move. He took that team down the field. Until Cam Newton is fully healthy, you stay with Kyle Allen. And honestly, if, it, if he keeps it up, you stay with Kyle Allen. I agree. He went 19 for 26 with 261 yards and four passing touchdowns. So obviously, so he, he, made, he completed he made, over 70% of his passes. He made Greg Olson look like a young buck again. Greg Olson started him in the fantasy league for the second straight week, and Team Aquino, the golden god, oh is rolling. 3-0, only 3-0 team in the league, baby. Talk about, talk about rolling. Your boy almost had, your boy and co-owner, Anthony Jadinoff, the guy's He's genius. the real owner, to be honest. The guy's a genius. You could say he's a real owner. I don't care. End of the day, the team is good. That's all I got to say. Well, you uh, put up 81 Kyler points Murray. the week before, so let's not talk about Kyler that. Kyler Murray, yeah. man. He's he's making that team relevant. I you, love you see the You see the formula to being relevant in this league now is having a quarterback that can move. This is a game it's where... a quarterback that, that can move. This is a game where it showed how bad their offensive line was. I mean, he completed 30 completions in the game yesterday. 30 for th 43 with 173 yards. Yeah. That means that he does not have the time to see his receivers go down the field... 
and he's completing short routes because they don't have any time. But it shows you that he's a legitimate starter quarterback. I like Kyler Murray a lot. He's good. I would lock him in for rookie of the year. I thought it would be Jacobs, but their team. I don't know. The Raiders just don't seem like they're. If there's good a team that could turn it around, it's the Panthers. That team has a bunch of studs on both sides of the ball. For eight, eight former first round picks on the offensive side, on the defensive side, on the offensive side, you got DJ Moore, you got Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, Curtis Greg Samuel, Olson, Greg Olson. I mean, there's there's a team there that could down the stretch. I don't know. I think. The game that we saw yesterday with four passing touchdowns in the air with Kyle Allen, that's the, t- the type of football the Panthers need to look forward to. No more of this RPO bullshit with Cam Newton who can't even run the ball anymore and he clearly shows that he can't even throw the ball. I'm sick and tired. In all honesty, I know he's injured and he's got a foot injury, but why the fuck is he throwing the ball so awful, so awfully on the plays that he's not being pressured in, in weeks prior? Because he's injured. It's a foot injury. That doesn't, doesn't make matter. you throw the ball eight this yards wide. It throws off all your time. I'm just saying he's an awful passer, and I don't think the foot injury is that you know contributing to him not being able to throw the football. Kyle Allen wins two more games. Cam Newton's back fully healthy. What happens? I think if Cam Newton... Well, this is me personally. I think what happens is if he comes back fully healthy in two weeks is that Cam Newton will get the job. They love him way too but much. Kyle Allen wins two more games. I still think they're going to give it to Cam Newton, and I couldn't disagree with it more. Short leash? It's not even the short leash. I just think that Carolina... No, I think they will have a short leash on Cam Newton. I think it will games. be 100% a health issue. They'll say, if you're good to go, you're playing. It's as simple as that. And then when he's not healthy, they'll bring in Kyle Allen. I think Kyle Allen's the future for the for the Carolina Panthers. I agree. Couldn't agree more. He's just a better thrower, and this whole RPO bullshit is never going to actually win them a Super Bowl. They got there one time, and it blew up in their faces when they played a great defense in the Broncos. Next game we have is Texans at Chargers. This is vintage Chargers. Vintage. They're now 1-2 on the year. And their backs are against the wall. They're in a great, great AFC West. They got the tough Broncos that are always good at the beginning of the year. The Raiders suck still, but they're still not an easy game. And then they have maybe the best team in the AFC in the Chiefs. They're in a tough division. They're one and two. This is when Phillip Rivers comes And now Phillip Rivers is going to show up. I agree. Keenan Allen looks like maybe the best receiver in football this year. He's playing out of his mind. He had over 40 fantasy points the other day. He's looking great. It's just that the Chargers, at the beginning of the year, there's something about them. They can't win football they games. They need to sign my guy, Melvin Gordon. Eckler's not the problem, con- though. Nine for 36 yesterday? That's, that four, that's four yards of carry. That's fine. I don't know, man. You signed... Melvin Gordon's a game changer. Melvin Gordon, I, I really, I'm not a big Melvin Gordon guy. You have to scheme for Melvin Gordon. You're scheming for Austin Eckler? No. Austin Eckler's had six receptions, no. six receptions, not, and seven you're receptions. Not scheming, you're not scheming for Austin Eckler. I'm just saying, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is the defense. defense yeah. The defense Derwin. without Derwin James. Like, you can play freaking so Jim they, Brown at running back. It's not going to make them stop teams in the second half defensively. Why don't they trade for Jalen Ramsey? Why didn't they trade for Maybe they're trying. Ramsey? Maybe they had to give up too much. What about a? Well, they don't need the Jaguars. Don't need a, a running back. Maybe a Melvin Gordon for Jalen Ramsey, but they wouldn't. I no, Tom Fournette's Coughlin, their guy. They like Fournette. Yeah, but Tom Coughlin wouldn't mind another running back. That's for sure. First he round, had that two headed monster. Melvin Gordon, you do that. First Jaylen round. Ramsey. So Mel, you get Melvin Gordon and you get a first round Jaylen, pick. And the Jaguars you, get Jaylen, get a Melvin Gordon and a first round pick. For. I wouldn't do that if I were them. I you, You're not even going to use Melvin Gordon because you have Leonard Fournette. And I'm not a big Leonard Fournette guy, but they're not just going to throw him to the curb after getting Melvin Gordon. It's not going to change things that much. Yeah, I wish I wish the Jaguars didn't have a running back because that would be a good that would be a good place to deal Melvin Gordon. Where the heck? You should go Mel- to the Bucks. Where I've been Melvin saying Gordon it before. This I'm saying you should go to the Bucks. I don't know. It would give Jameis a lot less pressure if they had Melvin Gordon in the backfield. True. I mean, Peyton Barber's actually played well so far. You know, he's been better than people thought he was going to be, but they still don't have a, a running back that's going to make offensive coordinator. I mean, defensive coordinators really scheme for that player mm-hmm. coming into the week. Um, also, on the flip side of things, Deshaun Watson played great. Yeah, he did play great. He, I mean, you picked him. Did you not pick him for M- preseason MVP? I did. 
What he's he, looking he very good. His stat line was 25 for 34, 351 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. I'd say that's a pretty solid day. He he did he didn't have a very effective game on the on the running side. He had seven rushes for eighteen yards, but hey, but that's gonna keep him healthy. Three hundred and fifty yards in the air is awesome. And the the crazy thing about it was the three hundred and fifty one yards. Only sixty seven of them went to DeAndre Hopkins. You would think three hundred and fifty yards for Watson. They fed Fuller. Hopkins probably had two hundred yards. Well, that's not what the case. Um, he had Kenny Stills go off for eighty nine yards. Aikens, their tight end, had two touchdowns, touchdowns. and seventy three yards. Fuller had over 50 yards. Uh, he's spreading the, spreading ball, the ball around, and That's he's big. looking very good. That was That's a big. big, big win for the Texans. Um, next, we got Steelers and 49ers. This is a game I think the Steelers are done. I think they're done. I think you can stick a fork in them. I think this is a must win. They had this game in the bag, and they blew it. And Angelo brought to my attention, look at their play calling for, for in the first half. I rewatched some of the plays on the NFL Network. And they were all short throws. And once they let Mason Rudolph go, he actually had a very, very good game when he threw the ball down the field. He's good. A very good game. Juju finally came out. He had a good game. He had, let's pull it up now, he had 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, Big play for him. Big game for him. Um, The Steelers are still done. Even though Minka Fitzpatrick came in and was... Relevant right away. That sh- that shows you how good of a player Minka Fitzpatrick yeah, that's is. That's crazy. He came in out of nowhere, no preparation, less than a week preparation. He comes in and he balled out. He had a great game outside of getting absolutely truck and manhandled by Jusic, the 49ers fullback. He had a very good game. I don't think I'm not really a believer in the 49ers right yet. They are three and zero. However, we'll see how they they do coming up. They play the Browns next week. They have the Rams the week after. So these next two games are big for the 49ers to see whether or not they're for, for real or not. I, I don't. Do you think they're for real? I don't think they're for real. I think we will see against the Browns, and we will see. The, the real test is in L.A. Let's say they just have a bad week next week and lose to the Browns. If they come back and win in L.A. playing the Rams, that's a for real marker right there. It's exactly. Legit. I think you know Garoppolo didn't have a good day the other day. He threw for two interceptions. I know he had, he had 277 yards and a touchdown, but those two interceptions were rough the first half, and that's what kept the Steelers in the game. He's going to need to limit those turnovers if they're looking to be a serious contender in the playoffs this year. Um, but they did look good yesterday and had a late-game comeback. Um, in the Sunday night game last night, Rams at Browns. The Rams at Browns game was very interesting. And it's one of those games where I look at it, and I'm like, this is a Vegas trap. And I can read those very well. And then it ended up not being a trap. I, like, the Rams are clearly the better football team. They were favored by three and a half points. Everyone and their mother thought it should have been seven points. And they beat them by a touchdown. It didn't really make much sense to me. The Browns are the first team to ever run the ball on fourth and nine. <laughs> in a key spot. I thought the Giants played calling. What is Freddie Kitchens doing? I think he's just way over his skis, honestly. I've never been more convinced that a coach has had the under or the other opposing team betting-wise that game. Like, it made no fucking sense to run the ball. On fourth and nine. What was he thinking? I I just don't understand. Do you think he forgot that it was fourth down? Aaron Donald was playing. He was in the game. I I I don't care who's playing. I don't care if the Pee Wee Giants are playing. You don't run the ball on fourth and nine. That was was, was was weird. It was, like, so bad it was weird. It was like an Ask Madden play. And even Ask Madden wouldn't suggest run the ball. You think you forgot that it was fourth down? I, it's, I mean, it's if not I'm Baker Mayfield and I get that play call in my ear, I'm saying, guys, what the fuck is this guy calling? Yeah. Double-double option. No, let's do the other one where we throw the Fucking ball. Omaha, the other play. Omaha, Omaha. That's a good point. Throw. I didn't even think about that. Baker Mayfield, how do you not call out of that? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you you think if you if you – do a nice play action and throw to Jarvis for a first down or Odell or, or anyone yeah, like that, yeah, that, that Kitchens is going to get pissed at you? Fuck off. I just converted and you had a stupid-ass run call right before that. Fuck you. Exactly. Have hey, I thought he had some Gastanias. Have some rumbles in your biscuits. This brown season is going exactly how I predicted. And oh I my god, I'm so happy about I it. I couldn't be more happy. Oh, okay. one and two to start. The dangerous Browns. Super Bowl the dangerous Browns are more like the clueless Browns. That's a good They're one. Clueless. That's good. That's a good one. They're clueless. They have no identity on the offensive side of the ball. 
They look worried to throw the ball to Odell because Jarvis is going to get pissed off. So I hope you can recover from that burn, Cleveland Browns, because clueless Browns. <laughs> the clueless Browns. That's what they are. All right. That def- the defense has shown sparks that Miles Garrett looks good. Olivier Vernon, they're rushing the passer, but man, Freddie Kitchen is way over his, fu- his fucking skis. This guy looks like he has no clue what he's doing. And they, I don't know. It might be good that they're going through some trials and tribulations early. They bounce back. Baker Mayfield obviously is a guy that likes to play when his back's against the wall. His two-time walk-on. When people say he can't do it, he shows up. So we'll see what happens. But it ain't looking good. Their schedule ain't getting easier. The Clues Browns are going to stay Clues the whole year, in my opinion. And I can't wait to see Odell flip a shit. I can't wait. For Let's him. see what excuses he's going to have this time. I can't wait for him to start fucking kicking the AC unit on the sideline, the heater, fucking wearing more watches. I cannot wait to see this guy implode. Hell, I even think Odell Beckham Jr. is heading down the path of Antonio Brown. Watch out when it gets bad. There are not many antics you can pull when your team's losing. So let's see what he's got next for us. Um, the game tonight, though, is Bears minus five. Can't wait to watch at this. Redskins. I'm actually very Can't excited wait about to this watch game. the Bears offense, man. Trubisky. That's what I'm. Woo! That's what I'm very curious about because this is the week. If it's going to be the week where the Bears' offense actually comes to play. If they're going to turn their season around and show that they actually have an effective offense, this is the week to turn it around. So, now's your test. you got a nationally televised game, Monday Night Football, in Washington. The Redskins don't have that good of a defense. You should be able to put up some points against them. If you don't, you're fucking screwed this year. Even like even if you win like 13-10, you are fucked this year because you're not going to score on the teams like the Rams and you're not going to score on the Packers. You're screwed if you can't start putting up points. I don't know. Chicago, you might start to uh, need to be calling the Giants. Maybe still. No one is going to trade for Eli Manning. Get that through your skull. He's got a contract that pays him over $20 million a year for the the next two years. The Giants will eat some of that contract if they're getting any draft picks for Eli Manning. If they get anything for Eli Manning, he's gone. They're never going to trade. Look at their offense. They do RPOs. They do run-pass options with Trubisky using his legs. They're not going to bring in a mobile... It ain't fucking working. I get that, but you're not going to bring in a completely different quarterback. You're telling me Trubisky's better than fucking Eli Manning? I'm not saying that. I'm saying they've prepped their whole season to run the ball with a quarterback. Tim Tebow can do a better job than fucking Trubisky. Looks horrible. Trubisky's looked very bad so far. If he's going to turn it around, it's got to be this week. It's got to be tonight. Now, that is it for, for, for football for the week, for this episode. Let's talk Yankees. First of all, let's, let's just please the Mets fans by not pleasing them. You're done. Stick a fork in you. You had a shot this weekend. You blew it. You got to go 7-0 in the last seven you're games. Done. You're done. You're done. I know that Mets fans are saying, oh, it's not over until it's over. It's fucking over. Like It's been over. Yeah, you could say it's not over. You could technically go undefeated for the rest of the season. The Nationals could die and What's lose every funny? game for the rest What's of the season. Is- but it's not going to happen. You're not going to make the playoffs. I'm so sorry about it. What's it's not funny is that their expectations are so low that they're happy with just competing. Well, As a Yankees fan, I know it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows and roses in the last several years. However, we still have that expectation. It's rain or it's a shitty season. Exactly. And I'm glad. The thing about I'm the glad Mets, about is, though, the thing about the Mets is... It's not crazy to say that they have a contending chance next year if they get a bullpen. If they sign some big-name relievers, there is no reason that they shouldn't make the playoffs next year and make a run with their starting pitching staff. And they're showing they can hit the ball, too. They just need a bullpen. No, they need a catcher and a third baseman. Wilson Ramos sucks. Actually, Todd Frazier did not have a bad season this year. And I'm not saying that he's like the third baseman. He took a little step back defensively, though. He did. He did. But, I mean... I don't think he's the problem. I don't think he's someone you need to worry about. Also, they have Jed Lowry coming back next year. He can he can hit if he's if he's healthy, but he hasn't played a freaking game. Imagine if you put DJ LeMahieu on that team. Oh my God, it's sad. It's sad, and I know he wouldn't. It's literally he, what the decision he was. He said he wanted to play for the Yankees, so he came to the That's Yankees. That's what they all say. But like, <laughs> what is he gonna say? He didn't want to play with the Yankees. Oh, I I would be so pissed if I'm the Mets and oh. I just look at the deals. The Yankees made versus how like the the deals that the Mets made. Look at it's 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 this. It's signing Jet Lowry 
in replacement of DJ LeMahieu. Jed Lowry didn't play a game. It's signing Yuri's Familia over Adam Adovino. And Zach Britton. Zach Britton was the And Zach Britton. Too. Like, you have two guys who are all-stars for the Yankees in replacement for a guy who was unpitchable. Two different seasons. If- unpitchable. They had over 30 blown saves this year. Their team, their, their bullpen blew it for their whole season. Horrible. But that's, they, they basically expected their starters to go eight scoreless every game. If you're the Mets, though, if you're a Mets fan, are you pissed that they didn't get a return for Wheeler when they could have? One thing, I will, one thing I will give Mets fans is they're optimistic. That's the reason they keep thinking that they're in it right now, and that's I do but appreciate their the optimism. Is killing them. No, but what I'm saying, they're blind. They're like Giants fans. They're like is, Giants fans. I understand it. No, they're not like Giants fans. You're you're the Giants fan that you're talking about. No, they're like me. No. Oh, okay, maybe. It's not over until it's over, and I get that. But I do respect the optimistic outlook for next year because you could take a look at this year, and although it was a train wreck because your GM, Brody Van Wagnen, said, we're the team to beat, come get us, and then you didn't even make the fucking playoffs, although that shit storm hit the fan, you still have a bright future in the young guys you got on your team. Pete Alonzo is a monster. Jeff McNeil is a hitting machine. There are things to look forward to you if you sign a bullpen. Let's talk about the Yanks. Yankees. Sevy is back. Let's see in the playoffs, though. Poor I'm Ma- skeptical. Domingo Herman, unfortunate there. Getting, what did he get accused of domestic? He's a imbecile. What did, he, what did he do? Did you see what, did you know the story no, what happened? What did he do? He was at CeCe's charity thing. No, it happened at CeCe's charity And he charity smacked thing? his girlfriend in front of an MLB official. Like, like, like someone in the up and ups of the MLB's front office. What do you do? What? He's a fucking moron. Like, these people... Like, it's not... Like, of course it's the dumbest... That, like, why would you ever put your hands on a girl? That's so stupid for the first part. And then, especially, like, in public. Like, obviously you shouldn't do it on any place on earth. But you're gonna really do it in public and think you're gonna well, get away with it? shows how much of a the problem... The fuck is wrong with these people? Has. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand it in the first place. And then furthermore, why are you doing it in public? Because he's a fucking dumbass. He's a fucking moron. Don't touch anyone and you're fine. What's, what is don't be an asshole guys? and you're fine. Oh. It's all these it's guys. A, it's it's a not big, just Domingo Herman. It's, it's, it's a big loss. It's a big loss for the Yankees. It is. a big loss for the Yankees. I, I was having high hopes for him in the playoffs this year. I thought, this guy's going to go in Houston and pitch his ass off. And now... Hey, That's bro. out the window. We forgot about him. Yankees fans out there, you probably forgot about him. But Sevy is back. Sevy's back? Sevy's back and better, I he's think, He's back. Than I need him to pitch well in the playoffs, though. I don't even get... Furthermore, I don't even need him to pitch that well in the first round. Of course, I would love it. If they... I think they're going to win in the first round. I need him to pitch well against Houston. That is the deal breaker. I'm hoping, honestly... Look, I'm an optimistic guy. You know I like my teams, and I root to the day I die for my teams. However, I do not know if the Yankees can beat the Astros. I'm praying that they get knocked out in the first round by the A's, the Rays, or the Indians. I, I don't know. I think it could happen. It's, it could, also, it could it also be the Twins, too. I mean, there's it's still a toss-up for who's going to have home field advantage. The, the Astros definitely have the advantage right now. They have an easier schedule for the rest of the year, and they're already a game up on the Yankees for best American League record. But we need the Twins, we need the A's, the Rays, the Indians to come in and kick the Astros' asses. The Yankees simply do not match up well against the Astros. They don't. They haven't proven that they can hit Verlander ever. They don't have Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter used to kind of destroy Verlander. He gone. But they haven't proven they can hit Cole. They're the same kind of pitcher. High velo, high RPM, up in the zone. The Yankees like to drop dick, swing low in the zone. It ain't going to happen against the Astros. If the Yankees were to beat the Astros, DJ LeMahieu would have to go off. That's it. That's DJ LeMahieu and and uh, my guy Gio Urshela Love Gio. would have to go off. Those are the two guys that are, and Brett Gardner. Those, X factors. Those are the two. Those are the three guys that can put the bat in the ball and get on base. If that doesn't happen, the Yankees are going to lose. Judge could easily have nine strikeouts against those three starting pitchers. And it's nothing. It's nothing against. The Yank, I mean, it's just the way that they're built as a team. It's just, it's just a bad matchup for them. High in home runs, high in strikeouts, and that makes me nervous for strikeout throwers. Because you're, you're playing against the number one. You're not facing four, the number four starter, the number five starter. You're facing the one, two, three guys, and you're going to get a heavy dose of what you can hit. 
Another X factor for the Yankees that has done phenomenally recently is James Paxton. James Paxton, last 10, 10 wins. consecutive wins. He's pitching his ass off, and it couldn't have come at a better time. End of the season, of rolling into the playoffs. I love it. If he comes and pitches in the playoffs, this is a guy who's big for us. If down he the shows stretch. up in the playoffs, the Yankees will win the World Series. It's a big stretch. And and once again, I think we're unanimous here. We're on the same page that whoever wins the ALCS is going to win the World Series this year. I think the Dodgers will have their third straight loss, and they're leaning on Buffalo Bills four in a row losses in the Super Bowl territory because I just don't think they're the best team. I don't think they will beat the American League champions. What about Brett Gardner approaching 30 home runs? Talk about the balls. This is It's a perfect example of the balls being juiced. It's not going to help the home run hitters hit more home runs or hit farther home runs. It's going to help the guys who don't hit home runs hit just 30 bombs. He has 27 bombs. It's absolutely ridiculous. Brett Gardner has more home runs than Aaron Judge right now. I know Aaron Judge missed a lot of games. What if there think? were to be a preseason bet on that, oh my god, I can't imagine what the line would have been. Plus a hundred thousand. It's ridiculous. And like again, like I don't think that's gonna like the juiced baseballs, which is a real thing, by the way. It's a hundred percent locked in, it's true. I don't think it makes guys like Pete Alonso hit fifty home runs. I do think it makes Jeff McNeil hit twenty three home runs. He's got twenty three right now. If you've seen the guy have a full season before, he's a 13 to 18 home run a year guy. Yeah, and balls, he's got 23, balls, he's cranking them out. The balls that Aaron Judge is, are hitting are just going, I mean, they're going to go further, but they're already home runs. A guy like Brett Gardner, he may be hitting the ball at the track that's going 10 feet further, and they're, they're home runs. Exactly. I kind of like it. I keep it. I, I like this. Why? Who wants to see pitching dominate? It's good for the game. You cannot tell me that the, at the that Major League Baseball did not do this on purpose. They, they're going to say, oh, we didn't... Manfred's playing dumb yeah. and saying, oh, if they changed something we didn't know it's about, a great fuck idea. you. It's a great idea. And I'm just totally on I'm board for it. I'm applauding Rob Manfred. It's great for the game. It Absolutely is great. great for the game. CC getting moved to the bullpen. No brainer there. He's gonna I'm going to love when he comes. He's going to come He's going to bring clutch. fire. He's going to yell at the opposing team if, when he has an ending-ending strikeout. Innings, I love it. Give him, give him two innings if a starter has a, short, has a bad... First couple innings, short leash. Or he could go in a game where there's an opener. Agreed. So you could ch- you could toss in Canely or Chad Green in the first inning, maybe second inning, get strikeouts on Altuve I, and Springer, and then you bring in CeCe to hold down the fort for a I couple I put of my days. life on the line and have CeCe's about the... I don't care what kind of stuff this guy has. He's got the cojones, the gastanias, the size of fucking... The biggest gastanias, the planets, the earth, the universe. This guy... <laughs> He's a killer, he's a killer, he's a killer. That's going to wrap it up here for episode God knows what for the locker room talk. Uh, We appreciate, we love you if you're listening to this. We love all of you. Don't forget to rate, don't forget to subscribe. Those of you who are listening probably already fucking have. Don't forget to tell your friends to do that. And then mothers and their sisters and their other Gastanias. Get out of here, see you later. We love you. Peace.